Morning, morning, morning. This is the Earth is Ghetto podcast. I just want to thank everybody for listening, listening later for the replay. All listens matter. My name is Sid Witt, <laughs> Brigitte Sid Noir, and my amazing co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl. It's your boy. It's your neither. Your favorite bush queen giving you all the tea and all the shade. Perfect. And see, this is the time where, I'm, of course, my headphones, uh, who are to plug them, are not working. Okay, there you go. Now you're in you the headphones. Me? Yes, I can hear you. I was like, child, why are you so loud? I did this for designated purposes. It's cool. <laughs> um, so I just, again, thank everyone so much for all of the engagement, for all of the listens we got on Spotify. If you follow the Instagram, if you follow the stereo, thank you. Okay. So first and foremost, ooh, now this weekend, actually, um, I was actually surprised. Usually every weekend we come back and there's always like some ridiculousness for us to talk about. Like, bitch, have you heard the whole world is falling? Another bill to take away all of our rights. And it didn't happen this weekend. Yay. Okay. So, but we did have, <laughs> but we did have an, a really, a really amazing conversation um, and I actually wasn't privy to this particular podcast. Whoever this amazing black queen who is schooling the shit <laughs> out of these two white women. Like, I'm going to have to learn your name. I'm going to have to learn your face. I need to know if you have a spouse. I'm available. Um, like, now I have to, like, learn all of these things about you, right? Um, but first and foremost, basically, she was talking about the um, weaponized white tears and the way that Black people, Black women have to experience it. Um, now, first things first, one thing I do want to know is what were you thinking of when you heard this clip? Because I remember when I saw it, the first thing I thought was, one of them's going to start crying right now. That was the first thought I had. I was like, oh my God, she talking to, to him too harsh. She used it. I feel I'm like, I don't know if there's bass in their voice, but I feel like maybe they may think there's bass in her voice. Like I was, like, I I was went, honestly I concerned. I want to see the reaction. Like I wanted to find the full video to see how, like what they thought about it at the end of that video after she dragged the hell out of them. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is I'm actually going to go ahead and um, have my amazing co-host go ahead and play the clip for you guys right quick so that we can talk about it and i just want to let you know get ready for church i don't know if we got a black gay hymnal but we need to create one i don't know like do we sing prince for that i'm not sure but <laughs> uh, but i just want you guys to listen close this is a good one moved by white tears most of us are moved by white tears because we don't actually think they're real. It's a performance. It's a switch that you turn on because you know that we have been socialized to see you as more human and of more value. So whatever it is you think and whatever it is you feel, we are supposed to respond to it. Y'all don't respond to black women crying the same way. Nobody does. Nobody does. The minute a white woman cries, the world has to stop. Oh my God, what's wrong with you, baby? Black women cry, we could be rolling around on the ground screaming. 
and you are moved because you've been socialized not to see us as human beings. Fuck. Our tears don't matter to you, but a white woman, and y'all know that shit. That's why I'm not here for the fragility. You know that. And so you very deliberately turn the shit on as a way to avoid accountability. Yep. Purposefully. That's not fragility. That's manipulation. That's strategic. That's diabolical. That's not fragility. And so this notion of white fragility is supposed to tell us what? We're supposed to let you off the hook because you can't handle it? No, you don't want to. Oh. And every time we hold your feet to the fire, all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. You didn't have to know. And now that I'm trying to make you know, you want to cry so we can end the conversation. Mm-hmm. This is how you run away. So how do I hold you accountable if you're all up in your feelings? How come I don't get to be in my feelings? Huh? I'm sitting here telling you about generations, generations of your people yours your ancestors killing mine how come i don't get to turn tears on and move you I, sounds like i should be the one crying no mm-hmm. sounds like those tears should be mine sounds like the fragility might be mine but no i gotta be strong look at me i gotta sit here and and this is the thing that really pisses me off in your tears you now expect me to hold your hand and rub your back and make you feel better because you're crying again your center your experiences are more important than mine that shit is diabolical i'm not here for it bitch take me the motherfucking church bitch <laughs> take me to church listen when i say i wasn't i wasn't ready for the level of honesty and do you know what what, what, what I noticed the most about after watching that, I was scared for her. This is how you know I was born in 87, yeah. I was scared for her. Me too. I thought they were gonna, <laughs> I thought they were gonna drag the fuck out of her. I really, cause <clears throat> all they could do was just nod their heads. And I was like, girl, I was just waiting on one of these Karens to say something. Um, and I don't know what the name of the podcast is. Did you see it on the video? I don't remember the name of the podcast that they have. I'm not even sure if it's something that I want to continually check out, but I do want to find this motherfucking episode. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, "We Can Do." It's called "We Can Do Hard Things" podcast. Oh, well, I guess that does sound like the name of a, of a white podcast. We can do hard things. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on. Um, but I think that one of the most powerful things that she said is she said and she said it to their faces you know what you're doing this is not crying because you're just so sad this is manipulation this isn't fragility this is manipulation because you know and i and um we uh, when i upload this episode to spotify all of the links will be in there and i really want you to pay attention to their faces the ones of the women that are are the white women that are listening they are so uncomfortable. Good. They are, they are so uncomfortable. Um, now, that made me very happy. But that also made me realize that they really have not had to be in spaces where they have had to sit in the uncomfortability of their actions. That's never not, been something they've had to do. If they're not uncomfortable, then to me, it's not working. I, I want them to be uncomfortable because that means that they're actually tr- listening. Um, and I feel like there is no growth 
without some type of discomfort. There's a reason why they call them growing pains. That wasn't just some shit they made up. There's a reason why they call it growing pains. Growth is meant to be uncomfortable. You go in not knowing something that you are about to learn, and I don't know how comfortable that process of learning it is going to be. They know. And there like, are a lot. They do. They know what's going on. Like they know that white tears can make the world stop. And when we know, like you could have black women being beaten. Mm. And all these other things is crying, especially black trans women going through all the shit that they go through, crying their Oof. ass off, rolling on the fucking floor. And people will just not give a fuck. But as soon as a white woman cries, oh, my God, can we get you some help? Oh, my God, what happened? And black men are still being killed when white women cry to this day. Mm. So uh. it's like, girl, for the black men, I like to chase out the white woman constantly. It's like, all right. <laughs> I never understood that, but you know what? That's a whole nother show. Um, I want to get into some of these uh, voice notes. Uh, Carter Levi. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful morning and I hope you have a wonderful day. Aww, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Shulrak. I'm sorry, boo. I'm fucking it up. Shout out to the panel. Shout out to Aaron. Shout out to Sia. What's happening? It's Shulrak and Netta Kelly. Northern Cali Bank out online. What's happening? Top of it. What's good, good Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we are talking about this because I just had a black woman um, experience with I was being nice, trying to communicate as nicely and effectively as possible, but nobody seemed to hear me until I raised up, until I became aggressive and basically put on that hat of the angry black woman and then that's when everybody was like oh okay let me do some shit but it was like nobody heard me or felt like I was actively or they were actively listening to me until I uh, until I was aggressive the aggressive angry black woman and I hate being put in that box it was just a realization point where I was like damn I yeah. black women really don't get their cries for help. Nobody okay. hears the call out before the aggression and the rage happen. Uh, ever. And, and remember, the video usually starts, and when people start getting scared is when somebody starts raising their voice. It's like, you, I think that's why we respect like these um, some of these fictional black women like Olivia Pope and uh, Annalise Keating because we, those are Black women that have mastered Caucasian language. Mm. Those are Black women have mastered those spaces to be able to walk in and out of and still get what they want and not have to raise their voice and not have to be angry and so on and so on. But that's only because it's like maybe they studied the 48 laws of power and how to be a sociopath so they can deal with these uh, work environments. But I've always noticed Whenever it comes to regular black women in these spaces, the only thing that like it, it sucks, the only thing we really have to rely on to get things done after we are dismissed and it's not dismissed one time. It's not dismissed three times. It's dismissed several times. And then they decide, you know what, let me go ahead and pick up that trope y'all niggas hate so much. I'm going to scare y'all bitches because apparently me crying, me coming to you and asking for some kind of fucking compassion don't matter. Apparently what I need to do is get angry and scare the shit out of you. And I'm girl, not even scary, but whatever. As soon, as soon as Serena Williams gets upset, 
oh my god it's like oh my god she's angry oh my god she's it's like y'all will let these white tennis players do some of the most craziest shit when they lose a game but as soon as serena gets upset oh my god she's bitter she's emotional all right hysterical aggressive masculine we 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 hear them all we hear them all and that's the thing Uh we know how um we associate masculinity to blackness so as soon as a black woman gets upset it's, I know it's a lot of these niggas like to a lot of these niggas like to misgender cishead black women when they get upset. Like, oh, you need to you're not acting ladylike, especially trans women, black obviously. Or you need to you're oh, yeah. acting a little too masculine. She's getting aggressive. Why do we associate all of these things with black women only? Mm. Cause it's not like other women don't do these things, but for black women, it's dangerous. For black women, it's aggressive. For black women, it's crazy. When Latina women do it, oh, she's spicy. You can't mess with her. You can't walk all over her. She'll tell you exactly what's a bull. <laughs> I pop and in. if anything, when these like racially ambiguous or like you said, Hispanic women like get upset, oh, that's kind of hot. Oh, oh see, I like when they get a little, a little fierce. I'm like, y'all, uh, the double standard, like the bar is in hell. The bar is on Satan's chode. And what's worse <laughs> is the fact dead ass and what's worse is those actually afro latina women are still in our same spot they're not called oh you're spicy <laughs> just so you know just because they were born speaking spanish and born in spanish-speaking countries they're still black as hell so when they get into these relationships do you think it's oh she's spicy no she's an angry black woman you notice how the melanin seems to trump all um another message from tree snaps to that i love this this is so real thank you book it's a read hey aaron what's up sid uh y'all always come with the great conversations this is this is the one um i also want to say regardless of uh white tears um light skin tears is something i deal with personally um just with the conversation of colorism but that's i wasn't ready for that and also i just want to talk about uh i just want to bring this up um from the clip with the young lady um and just how she spoke about black women and our vulnerability and how it's seen as i don't know for me personally i feel like Everyone hates black women when they're vulnerable. What is that? Like, I, I don't know. It's, and you know what? She's so fucking right. Because everybody else's tears can be romanticized in some way. But our suffering, our resilience is what's romanticized. So it's like when we finally cry and we can't take it no more. It's like, what's wrong with you, bitch? Why aren't you playing your role? Yeah, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're supposed to be a, we need more black, sh- you're a strong black woman. What the fuck wrong with you? You don't need to be doing all that. This, this like, archaic, like, we need to get rid of this whole black woman is automatically supposed to be just strong. Just strong as hell. Can yeah. Go through all the bullshit. Saving everybody. Putting on capes for people who don't need it. Um, there was a situation going on on uh, TikTok that I won't get into because I don't care. But you know when people decide to go and give their whole business, their romantic relationship, their custody hearings, everything on TikTok because they want everybody to see. And there was a, a black woman who came to cape for the wrong person and found out later. And I was like, boo, if black women would stop putting a cape on right now and, and, and like, oh, what? let me come save your baby. If you could just stop. Let's save ourselves. Let's save each other. 
let's because this because i'm letting you know that this trope of this strength is only hurting us it's gotten to the point where when i finally talk to uh people whether it's dating or whatever i don't want to tell them anything like super personal because in their mind they may be thinking oh this bitch can suffer mm. i'm sorry i'd rather tell you my life was lived on a hill baby Okay, I had Jeffrey. Uh, we threw out jazz every other week. Um, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Uncle Phil came to stay. You know, like, listen, I would rather go ahead and tell you some other bullshit than really let you into my childhood trauma because a lot of people don't actually feel sorry for you. They don't feel compassion. They think to themselves, oh, well, I'm, you went through that. Look how strong you are. Bruh, I'm sick of it. And I feel like as Black women, we're fucking sick of it. Girl, because like you said, if you tell them all that, they're gonna be like, "Oh, you strong." That's you know, you getting your ass beat by your man. Bruh, oh, she can really suffer, which goes back to the religion and the romanticism of suffering. But that's another conversation. Girl, I, I, look, yeah. can you? What can you? Can you submit to a king? If any nigga that oh. any nigga that says that is a red, f- ladies, if a nigga says, "What can you do? Can you submit to a king?" Or to be honest, say king. Period. Because that that's giving hotel. Get out, bitch! Run. <laughs> Listen, and I'm not. And now, now I don't want to say because I love being called a queen, baby. That's just one of my things. Okay, like during any moment in my life. Okay, so um, I love to be called queen. So a lot of times when they be like, "Oh, you know, I'm a king looking for his queen," I'm like, "Okay, baby, it's cool." But you know when the rhetoric turns different, you can tell. When it goes from, oh, well, I think you were queen, because, you know, like, I think you were queen because you say you were queen, to you need to level up to my kingliness. There's a big difference, and you'll be able to see the switch. You'll be able to see the switch, I promise you. Uh, oh, we got messages in here, child. Uh, it's a read. That's a point, Aaron. Black men are being killed because of white women tears. But they don't seem to give a damn about that. I mean, uh, I don't want to make this about that. But it's just like it's very weird because they know that this weird this rhetoric is like for real, but they stay trying to tell black women that white women are better than us. They're better to die for. I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god, that's the team. Oh, Isa, Isa wasn't ready for that last sentence. I knew how it started, but I did not know how it was going to end. Okay, so um, <laughs> from tree. And just another shout out to the black trans women because, man, I just dawned on me that one of my high school friends really had it hard and we never really realized how hard it was for her at the time because, mind you, this was back in the early 2000s and people would drive by her and like yell obscenity, like crazy things. Wow, just had a realization. I'm going to text her. Tell her I love her. Thanks for bringing that to my forefront today. First of all, that makes my heart warm and fucking fuzzy, first of all. And, and, and And I can't speak for that particular trans woman, but that would make me emotional to hear that you realized what it was. Because I feel like what happens is when we have people in our lives that are living what what white people want to call fringe lifestyles. They're just being themselves, but whatever. Um, But when that kind of thing happens, I think without realizing it, and it's not 
and it's not anybody's fault, it's the society, we normalize the abuse against trans women. It's like where they're walking by and someone's throwing shit at them. It's like in the back of their mind, you know it's wrong, but it's like also like, you know the way you're walking around. In the back of our minds, we don't, we just don't have the amounts of sympathy that we should have had. And you guys were kids, so obviously no blame or whatever. She gonna appreciate it, girl. I, listen, that made me want to tear up listening to that message. So, but I also feel like it's one of those things we have to step back and realize is that we have done a lot of damage in dehumanizing these people as a society to the point where we just don't have feelings when things happen to them. So I'm glad that you are not desensitized is what I'm saying, because society has tried to desensitize us to their death desensitize us to their abuse. And I'm very glad, especially as Black queer people, that we're able to see other Black queer people. That is something mm -hmm. that's so needed in order for us to elevate. I have a piece um, from this article I'm going to read, which I also have pinned if you guys want to go through it. Yay. So, it's a... Uh, perhaps no story in... Girl, words. Perhaps no story encapsulates this more clearly and tragically than that of Emmett Till. The 14-year-old from Chicago was visiting family in 1955, Mississippi, when he was accused of whistling at a white woman, Caroline, Caroline Bryant. Abducted by a group of white men, including Bryant's husband, he was beaten to death and dumped in the Tallahassee River. His killers were acquitted by an all-white jury. In 2018, Bryant recanted her testimony, admitting Till had not harassed her in any way. This is the power of the white damsel in distress. It is a power that is not in the past. Fuck. And I also want people to stop using that little boy's story for everything. I want to I make sure I put that fucking out there because that shit upsets me. When I hear people talking about, oh, just Taraji P. Henson talking about Jesse Smollett and the Emmett Till story, nigga, we need to back the fuck up. When, when we hear Trey Song's or, or um, Trey Song's brother go ahead and bring up Emmett Till, sir, don't you dare, Im like, like, I can't believe you would fuck up and like try to destroy that little boy's memory. He was 13 years old and he didn't do a fucking thing, or 11, that boy was little, that was a baby. That was a fucking baby, how dare you? Right. I just wanna let everybody know who's using his story in a, like, in a way to go ahead and, and make it sound like they haven't done sexual abuse or so on and so forth, you're disgusting. I just want to put that out there. I'm sorry. As soon as I heard that, Period. I'm like, yo, I just want to make sure I say that. Period. We, ooh, we got some more comments. <laughs> go ahead. Start from the bottom to top. I don't know where you want to go, boo. <laughs> I'm just going to start from the bottom. All right. We're so rising because being young and dumb, you think like, by us like running after the car and cussing at people and being like f you and telling her like we love you and we don't care what nobody else says like that only did so much and i didn't ever stop to think about it until just now like fully processing it of course we have layers of understanding but that really oh I love her. That's going to make me cry. I need to really talk to her like oh, ASAP. I sent her a text. She hasn't responded. She must be sleeping in. But at the same time, it's like I know like consciously like you was really going through some shit because we was all going through our shit. We're all still going through shit. But to let you know that I really do empathize and I'm here aware and conscious 
That's what I can give now. I can only make it. Girl, girl. And let me tell you something. If anybody knows any trans people, especially any black trans women, call them up. Let them know that you love them. Take them out to brunch real quick. Let, let, let them know that you care about what they're going through. And because you know that you do. And I know that life, yo, life is fucking hard just to pay these fucking bills and shit. But to be able to find those moments of compassion is where you see beauty in the struggle, is where you see even though that there's struggle that you can provide the beauty. And I want you to know that you can for someone else. That's Ooh, um, another, I just saw another part of the article I'm going to read. Um, it says, the damsel in distress mean, ensures that white women were at least considered human, even though it relegated them to subordinate status. But it did so by ruthlessly excluding non-white women from the construction of womanhood. It is not that non-white women were considered inferior to white women. They were, they were not considered to be women at all. The damsel can only be white. Only white women were considered worthy of protecting because only white women could ensure the continuation of a pure white race. Black women, indigenous women, brown women, all colonized women were regarded as lacking in innocence because their bodies were already freely, openly, and liberally trans transgressed by white men. Mm. When white women invoke the damsel in distress, they resurrect this bloody history. This is what makes white women's tears so damaging and, yes, so violent when they are turned against people of color. White women's tears have little effect on white men. Just ask Christine Blasey Ford, whose emotional testimony was not enough to prevent her alleged abuser being confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court because they were never designed to implicate white men. This is why sexual violence by white men was rarely punished historically and why to this day so many white people still react so blithely to sexual assault and domestic violence perpetrated by white men, even when the victims are white women. This is why a self-confessed pussy grabber can be elected president of the United States. I don't know who wrote that article, but I want their name. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to put that out there because thank you for that. Um, It's a read. I really appreciate that tree. Um, That was nice to hear. Um, Trans women don't get enough recognition. And honestly, uh, I ain't going to get into it. But I I agree with Sid. The dehumanization of trans black women especially, it's it's gut-wrenching. Like, I'm so sick of it. And... Mm, ah, I can get into more, but we're going to keep it nice. Um, white tears, white tears, y'all. <laughs> Listen, and by the way, I I swear to God, I was on Amazon the other day and I saw a mug that said white tears on it. I was just like, I had to add to cart. Period. I, I had to add to cart. Um, uh, Wilton. We need to show respect for one another. The black woman went through a whole lot of stuff. I don't see why some black men don't get it and don't appreciate a black woman. Mm. They appreciate them as long as they submit and submit hard. <laughs> but I also feel like it's not even really, it's not actual appreciation though. It's like, I'm glad that you're in the place that I, I, that I have decided I provided for you. Mm. I, because I don't really see that as appreciation because if you really appreciated me, you would appreciate my mind. You would allow me to speak it and not go ahead and automatically label me as dominant 
or masculine because I have an opinion. Like I, I because let me tell you something. Even when um, toxic black men get with their preferences, they don't treat them any better. They don't have a voice either. The only difference is those women think they're better than us. I was on the um, I was listening in on a panel um, a few days ago, and this black man was just going off, cussing, yelling. And the first thing that his uh, the other black man was saying, well, oh, well, he's just being passionate because he's just passionate about these topics. But then when the black woman in the panel was like doing the same thing and she wasn't even cussing, she wasn't even yelling that loud, to be honest. Oh, she's emotional. She's triggered. She's doing. So I think that we need to start when men do these things, we start calling them emotional and trigger. And because why the fuck? Why can't black women be, quote unquote, like, why can't they be passionate? Like they say, black men can be passionate about these things yeah I, I think it was uh caitlin jenner that said to amanda seals i just don't understand why um you're so aggressive she's like i'm not aggressive i'm passionate passionate about my point and and this is also another point you have to remember we're not just fighting other toxic black men here in reference to our voices and when we want to speak this comes from everybody who has just a little bit more privilege than us the only people that we aren't constantly fighting is uh, black gay men and a lot of times we still do and black trans women and that's because they literally get treated worse than us mm. just 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 gonna say um it's a read you know what's ironic that i'm seeing with this comparison i'm sorry i'm leaving a lot of messages y'all just be having some good ass conversation but Thank you know you, what's ironic to me about this whole thing with the emmett till comparison is grown men but it it just goes to into the psychological thinking of the black community when it does come to black grown ass men it's this idea that they're children, like they're little boys. Stop. You can't compare that scenario. These grown men want to be fetishized by these people. That's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm being really messy this morning. <laughs> is, is it messy to tell the truth? Is it messy to tell the truth? I don't think so. Um, because it's it, because if we even if we and I know we're getting a little off topic here, but even if we look at black uh, women and the way they treat their sons versus the way they treat their daughters, we can see very quickly that that is absolutely the truth. It's like it, when we have sons and daughters. I, listen, I was the one who had all of the responsibility and to do all the things, and when it came to him, it was just like, oh well, you know, he got to take out the garbage. It's probably why I refuse to take out the garbage now. I do everything else, motherfucker. Fuck out of my face with taking out the trash. <laughs> okay, so, um, but I, I that's a that's a really really good point. Um, let me see what kind of other messages we got in here that we uh we haven't played yet. Uh, it's a read. Uh, Sid, that's where I'm at. Like, ah. Uh. Especially with my mental health. Like, I've been trying to be open about my mental health. And just the way that people treat me, like, bitch, get over it. You know? And it's like, damn, like, I I don't know. Like, is it because I'm a black woman that I'm getting these reactions? And like I said, it's everyone. Um, I spoke about this recently about older black women. Because that's who I've been getting, like, a lot of drawback from recently 
And I just like, I don't get it. I I don't understand why they have this. Well, I do. I do. But I've been getting it a lot. Like, just like, why aren't you getting it yet? Why aren't you getting over it yet? Why aren't you like being strong, period? You know what I'm saying? But it's but it's almost kind of like, I've suffered. Why can't you just suffer in silence the way I did? Mm. I suffered in silence. What the fuck is your problem? And you have to understand it's almost a crabs in the barrel mentality in the reference to like, because older black women have been through so much and they have done it in silence, they looking at us like weak ass bitches and not their liberators. Because that's mm. who we are. Because we have decided we will never be silent. I'm mm. not going to be in pain and be silent no more. And it can sometimes upset them. Because they look at their life and realize there was no one. No one. And we decided even though we have no one, we're going to find our tribe. And that's the difference. And I think that's why they're so bitter and upset. And don't get me wrong, they got rights, nigga. My God, listen to some of their fucking stories. They got rights. But at the end of the day, I'm not saying we have to ignore what they're saying, but we have to let them know, baby, I got this. I'm making sure that the next generation don't got to suffer no more. Right. We don't have to be And I'm sorry you can't see that. And thank thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That, that's that's really what it boils down to. I was trying not to say pick me because we were talking about old black ladies and having respect. But let's be honest. <laughs> you know, some traditional pick me. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like it's one of those things where it's like when it comes to older black women, I really do have so much compassion. But at the end of the day, I see the forest for the trees. And I can't sit here and stir your pain and be like, yeah, I shouldn't have this pain either. That I, I'm not going to do it. I, I refuse. The article is, well, this is an edited extract from White Tears, Brown Scars by Ruby Hammond. So it is a, I think it's a book. I'm just really glad that we, um, that we had this particular conversation. I think it's really, really important. Um, And then, and let me tell you something. This is a black queer podcast. We're going to continue to have conversations like this. But when I heard that clip, I was like, oh, we got to take this to the people because we got to go to church together. Okay. Um, So we are going to go ahead and switch gears really quickly to the next topic. And I think one of the reasons that um, when Aaron brought up this topic, I was like, yo, these are one of the moments where I'm like, damn, I kind of hate the fact that I'm so straight representing because these are things that people like Aaron and people like, like all, other people have to bring to me, which I, I am sad about because it wasn't something that ever crossed my mind, to be honest, um, especially because I didn't think that people ever thought that um, black LGBTQ people had any type of privilege. Yeah, and, a lot um, of um, a lot of black men, I noticed, that, especially on this app, think that we're a part of like this LGBT corporation. Like, a lot of the white gays get access to. Like, I I hear it all the time. Well, when black men gonna get their rights? And the only reason Jesse got out is because he's gay. And it's like that. No, 
He has money. Number one. Like, come like, on now. Like, let's, my let's, ass was up like, there. Let's be real. Oh, or even worse, if Jesse had been white, he would have never seen jail time. I want people to really shut the fuck up real quick because there are still people who have gone to the January, who are literally January 6th terrorists. We have Karens and Kevins who have also made up uh, um, all kinds of bullshit to go ahead and waste resources from many towns from all over the fucking country. And ain't nobody go to jail for no 150 days or at least get um, charged to go to jail for 150 days. Some of them don't even see court. Because I just feel like I just feel like a lot of um, cishet black men think that oh my god uh, they put down another legislature for the for the gay community and we they ain't doing nothing for the black man. Which and yes I agree they're not, but it's like I keep saying this: stop lumping black LGBT folks with the white ones. We are not getting these. We don't have access to these laws they're making. We don't. It's not for us. That's why I like saying the term queer instead of gay, because the term gay, especially back in the 70s and 80s, has been used as a like political identifier to represent white gay men. The only thing that white mm-hmm. gays really the only thing that white gays men really cared about was marriage and like a cure for HIV. And that has always excluded black queer folks and black queer people of color or, or people of color who are queer. Uh, and and let's be honest, the only reason that Jesse got out of jail was because he had the money for the right fucking attorney. That's really all that happened. Do you think if another black queer person had done this, had lied so stupidly and had wasted these type of resources? Come on, man. Stop. Stop. What's going on is you're seeing you're you're seeing classism at work and then they're trying to pretend, oh, he's gay. So that's the reason why he got out so quickly. Um, I, I, I really truly think that is some bullshit. So one thing that I am going to uh, make sure, oh, my cats, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm a real black queer lady. I got cats. They be complaining. They want to like no closed doors. They got issues. Anyway, um, I do want to go ahead and get into this um, uh, Jesse Smollett. Um, oh, my goodness. And I just want to say, as I read this title, it is it is bullshit. Just, just so you know. Jesse Smollett's brother says black community is very homophobic. That part's true. That's true. Yeah. That that part's true. He wouldn't have went to jail if he wasn't gay. Mm. I, I want you to stop. He went to jail because he was black. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sorry, just like when Jesse was like, I'm the the gay Tupac. No, you're not. There's just certain points. Listen, when I say I hold everybody accountable, I don't care if you're under the rainbow, not under the rainbow, black, white, green, whatever. I'm going to tell you when I think it's bullshit. Sir, that's bullshit. Love you. I hope you come back. What I really needed to happen, because I'm sorry, Jesse should never have been sentenced to go to jail. Point blank, period. I'm glad he had the right lawyers to get out as quickly as he did. But let's be real. He should have never went to jail. He should have gone to therapy because that nigga is still saying, oh, I never lied. Sir, 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 I love you. I love you. This is why I need you to go to therapy. He should have gone to therapy. He should have gotten community service. He should have gotten what what white people get when they do these kind of crimes. Shit, what white people get when they be shooting up places. (laughs) Taking the Burger King, taking the Burger King and then take his ass to therapy. Listen, listen. Listen, and oh, because when Winona Ryder went ahead and uh, stole all that shit from that one one particular apartment, I don't remember her spending no time in jail. 
Do you remember her spending any time in jail? Mm-mm. I'm sorry. Um, we have to look at the intersectionality in the politics. Money matters. Race matters. And depending on how much money, it depends on whether race matters. Mm. It's just the truth. Because I, we, it, we, just, it just made me so upset because I kept hearing folks say, well, well, first of all, I noticed that a lot of these, a lot of cishead black men were upset that he only got, that he got 150 days. It was like, he should have got more. And the only reason they gave him 150 days is because he's gay. I'm like, y'all are so, y'all just really just don't like black gay men. <laughs> Straight up. No, your, your homophobia trumps because the fact that you would advocate for a black man to go to jail when ain't nobody died, nobody got stolen from, Chicago wasted some money. I, and we're not even going to talk about how corrupt the Chicago Police Department is in general. Honestly, fuck them people. I don't really care if you had to spend some extra money. I'm sorry. But what he did was wrong. Absolutely. Should, it be, should he have been convicted? Yeah, he did that shit. The fuck? I'm going to sit here and tell you he didn't do that shit. But should he have went to jail? Absolutely not. We got, again, January 6th terrorists are walking around who have never even seen a fucking courtroom. I, I, I don't know if you want me to say, like, I don't know why you want him to go to jail so bad. Do we not have bigger fish to fry? Like, within the community. Sorry. Yeah, it's just because it's just they're so focused on, okay, the black nuclear family. And we know what that means when we hear people say that. It's like, okay, heterosexual family. And it's like that, so it's like you say I'm black first, but why, clearly not when you, like, I'm experiencing all this femphobia, homophobia. So am I black first when it benefits? Like, I'm confused. Because I get called it's- faggot more so than black men than anyone else. Uh, bro. And it, and it really depends on which spaces that you go into. Like me for like, I'm gonna be honest, I experience more racism than I do homophobia. Mm. I experience more misogyny than I experience homophobia, but that's because I show up as a very straight presenting woman. There's not a whole lot for people to question. And that's just the truth. But within Aaron's identity, there's going like, like do, do we not see the intersectionality people can we not see the differences but does that mean i should have less compassion for his space and the things that he goes through or he should have less for mine because of what he goes through this isn't a pissing contest and i feel like with black men it's always a pissing contest as to who went through more and i'm sorry niggas we win generationally have you ever had to carry some rapist baby Listen, human trafficking. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna go into it. Stop. Stop. That's where but, I'm at. Um, yeah, I think we can both agree. Obviously, like I put the title up there. It's a question. Obviously, going through our experiences, it doesn't because. <laughs> but no, the answer is no. Um, oh my God, the LGBT community is getting more rights than Black folks. Stop lumping Black LGBT folks with. The LGBT, like the mainstream LGBT, we do not get the privileges and access that they do. It's a whole different culture, a whole different journey, a whole different experience being black and queer at the same fucking time. We don't get this um this mainstream like corporate like corporation LGBT stuff. We don't get that at all. And I feel like they look at Tajik Hall, and they look at uh, no. I'm sorry, I feel like they do. (laughs) They look at 
honestly, he's been up Taylor Swift's ass since the beginning. So, yeah. like, they look at they look he look they look at um, Tajik Hall, they look at RuPaul, and they see how white identified they are. Oh, I don't like. And they this think, is... oh, that, listen, but they don't even know. It's like they don't even realize because they don't talk to black queer people that we don't even fuck with them either because we see the bullshit. Black, like, I want a lot of people to know. Um, yes, yeah, some do watch it, but. Most black queer folks, we don't fuck with RuPaul. We don't watch RuPaul. It's very like whitewashed. We watch Legendary on HBO Max. We yeah. watch. That's we, what look, we watch. Legendary, Legendary. Look, Legendary, Legendary. We because being we as you know, like as being someone who is a part of ballroom, girl. That's what we watch. We watch Legendary, like you said. We watch Pose. We watch black LGBT stuff. We don't really watch uh, Queer Eye and RuPaul and all this other stuff that appeals to in reality. We want to be ourselves. <laughs> Like, thank you. Like, we want to see ourselves, too. And it's like, I feel like um, a lot of straight Black people in their minds, they feel like, oh, well, whatever rights that um, the LGBTQ gets applies to us. And I'm just like, we're still Black. I don't know how that's not something you get. And I kind of blame the media for this, too, because now they think that, because every time it's a gay story, it's always white and Black, like, a interracial gay couple. Again, nothing wrong with interracial dating. I have to keep saying that. But this is why a lot of black folks think that, oh, well, y'all getting privileges because it's LGBT equals white. No, that's just, it's not enough black gay love being represented. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a big, that's actually a really big point that you made just now because a lot of the couples that they make the influencers, the ones that they publicize, they're almost all in interracial relationships, Billy Porter. I mean, there's a lot of them that are in like interracial relationships. And again, I'm not saying that that that's not a problem, that that's a problem, but I'm saying the lack of, the lack of black love in television generally. There's always an interracial couple. It could be a, Cheer- a Cheerios commercial, nigga. Like it doesn't matter what it is. We don't really see black love represented in, in general. So how much do you see black gay love represented? Almost never. Child. Just, just saying. Um, we're gonna get bottom. into some of these. Uh, I'll start from the bottom. Okay, it's Aaron. Amazing. That's natural. That's nature. That's normal. The black nuclear family is nature. That's natural. <laughs> <laughs> that's the normal way. Louisa. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't it, even do it. She no. couldn't even finish. Okay. It's um. Once upon a time. Black people were unnatural to society, and Bro. so oh my God, it's being on, it's being shown to our kids, and it's on TV now. Do you know how many white folks were saying, "Oh my God, the black agenda"? Oh my God, they're on TV, and this is ain't right. And girl, I'm just saying, when we sound like our oppressors, we sh- that should go ahead and light off alarm bells, but it really doesn't. But that's because of the conditioning. We've been I conditioned just... that patriarchy and all of this is right. I just want like straight black people to understand when you say things like, oh, well, what you're doing is unnatural and um, it's just, it goes against God. Okay, well, if we're going to take that same logic, right? The next time a white person says, well, bitch, you're unnatural. You don't belong here. You take your ass back to where you came from. Bitch, I don't agree with your fucking existence. Take your ass back. Why is white power over here? Take your ass back. To re- Remember what the fuck you said. Mm. Mm. It's true. It's true. And they'll say, oh, it's so different because, but I'm saying, but the oppression is the same. You, you want, they want to go ahead and point out all of the differences in those analogies, but at the end of the day, 
the oppression is the same. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a read. Mm, Sid, that's a great point. Um, uh, was mentioning Todrick Hall because when it does come to black, um, gay men, they're to- they're tokenized even in in spaces where they get quote unquote privilege. They're tokenized badly, and it's very not right. It's not right. Because I saw um every time Taja Call performs, every time Taja Call performs somewhere, the audience is nothing but white folks. Just a sea of miracle yeah. whip. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I was trying to talk, Aaron. <laughs> so, but he, I feel like also when we see a lot of the fans of those particular um, Black queer artists, it is a mostly white audience that they have, and it's the truth. That's because it, he doesn't, <clears throat> that's because he's comfortable. That's because he makes them feel comfortable in things that he talks about with his songs. Kanye West? Because last time I saw a crowd, you know what? We're not talking about him. I don't know why. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Mr. Mansplater, that was off topic. Don't don't discuss me, people. I'm sorry. Morning, good morning, Aaron and Sid. Good morning to you both. What up, though? What up, though? I'm in here just listening, feeling what the conversation is. Hope y'all doing well. What's good with you? Good morning. Thank you, Mr. Um. I feel like, especially right now, I feel like the problem is how ridiculously divided we are. Um, we can't seem to be on one accord when it comes to any of this. We're, we're, and we're going to get into it a little bit later, where we're going to kind of dissect some of that. Um, but we are going to go ahead and uh, switch gears to child a heavier topic. I want to get this out the way before, (laughs) excuse me. I want to uh, go ahead and get this out the way before um, everybody get real mad and really people start to really wake up. Um, Let's complain more in the comments uh, for the replay. I'm not in the mood. It's early. I got to go to work later. So mm, I'm not going to lie. This particular topic was um, something that was, I really played around with this for weeks when to bring this to uh, the podcast because I just want to say, because we're actually going to have a conversation about the Black Panther. And um, I first want to say before I play anything, the Black Panthers was an amazing organization that did so much for Black people. And they were there were so many people that were villainized and murdered by the FBI. I'm not even going to pretend. Please go look it up. There's too many stories where you can see it happening. Um, but I also, being the person that I am, I have to look at all sides of every situation. And when I say all sides, I'm not talking about Black Panther and their activism. I'm talking about the people who were accepted within it. There were certain people who we we absolutely put on pedestals that they did not deserve. They acted in one way with their activism and behind closed doors, 
Bill Cosby, they were abusers. And the reason why this is important and the reason why I wanna talk about this, because a lot of people will say, why would you try and tear down an organization like the Black Panthers? I'm not. I feel like what we need to do is to make sure to be able to call a thing a thing. And more than that, we have to be able to tell the truth about things and say that mistakes were made and people who were in the movement were not always in the movement for the best reasons. And that's the truth. Some of them came into these situations knowing that they had a bigger audience to be able to manipulate. I don't, I, like I said, this is something that it took a long time for me to decide to bring this to the forefront, but we have to be able to tell the truth about things. And we can't just go ahead and be like, well, because they're black people, we have to uplift them no matter what. If they were hurting the black community, they were not good black people, which means they need to be, they need to be held accountable in order for the community to get better. We can't put somebody up as our hero. And if you were born when I was born, which was 87 child, and I was homeschooled by a very pro-black family, the Black Panthers were gods in my household. I need you to understand how hard this is for me to bring to you. I think that's why I'm making sure to kind of preface it that way. Well, girl, because this is girl, be careful because now that you said that, they're gonna people are gonna call you a white supremacist, or you advocating for white supremacy by saying by holding up people accountable. <laughs> oh, I know, and I'm I'm not looking forward to it because I don't because I know how y'all like to tussle, um, and. I'll be honest with you, the reason that I have decided to bring this kind of stuff to you and I will continue to is because this is a Black queer podcast. This is a kind of podcast where we're going to be holding all types of people accountable. Anybody who is going to be, um, who is going to be adversity to us. And adversity means separating us, abusing us. Like, we can't put people up at a, on a pedestal just because of what they've done for the Black community if they were not good to Black people. And I just want to put that out there. Okay, <laughs> now <laughs> let's get to the meat and potatoes. Um, so you can go ahead and play the first video. This is by That Brown Girl. You can find her on um, TikTok. Um, yeah, this should be interesting. Also, I noticed that you put um, both videos, this is the same videos twice. Oh, that's the same video twice? Oh no, my bad, it's only supposed to, so just play that, um, just play the one and I will see if I can find the, the second one. But also really quickly, I also wanna go ahead and, um, I also wanna go ahead and put out also that, I, I guess I just wanna make it so clear that the last thing that I wanna do is, make it so that anybody feels like I'm trying to tear us down in any way. I know the history of the Black Panthers. I respect them so, so deeply. I need you to understand that before we move forward. That's all. See, this That's is what all. we talking about. Can... This is what we talking about when we say y'all get privileged for being gay because y'all say it's white supremacists that rather it and y'all just trying to uphold white supremacy by saying this stuff, even though you can't walk and chew gum at the same damn time and hold our own people accountable, but that's not the point. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I know. I know. It's okay. No worries. We'll, well, I feel like as a community, we're going to get there, and if I have to be the one to 
get shit on as, <laughs> in the processes of, 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 of us getting there. I feel like, nigga, I'm okay. I'll be okay. <laughs> I really will. Okay, meet your mic. Okay. Yep, seared them with iron, sat on their stomach while water was being poured in their mouths. Matter of fact, I'm just going to read all that happened and show you all the proof. Deborah Jones said she and Gail Davis were whipped with an electrical cord and beaten with a karate baton after being ordered to remove their clothes. She testified that a hot soldering iron was placed in Miss Davis's mouth and placed against Miss Davis's face and that one of her own big toes was tightened with a vise. Karinga, head of the U.S., his organization also put detergent and running hoses in their mouth, she said. They were also hit on the heads with toasters. And in this news clipping from 1971, his wife Brenda testified that she also heard screams and yells coming from the garage where the defendants were holding Deborah and Gail, and there were noises that she heard sounding like someone was being whipped while she was at home with her three children. She also testified that Karenga, who was 30 at the time, was torturing these two 20-year-old black women because he thought they were trying to poison him with crystals. Well, that was Karinga Hu, who was the creator of Kwanzaa. Also, um, deep within, obviously, the movement, there's other videos in reference to um, um, Huey P. Newton, who was a nut, had a lot of other ridiculous allegations that I'll be honest with you, I feel like I might have to do a deep dive in another day because that was a whole other monster. But I feel like the reason why things like this are dangerous is because it's things that are happening again. Um, I feel like that's the part that I feel like a lot of people are really, really missing. Because when we talk about the hoteps, when we, <laughs> when we talk about, um, when we talk about all of these ideologies that are really harmful to black people, I need you to understand the abuse that can kind of sit within it. And I'm not comparing Black Panthers and Hoteps at all. I'm saying when you have a good organization, an organization that actually wants to help Black people, this can be something that happens. The creator of Kwanzaa, people. That was something I grew up, like, he was a, he was a hero in my house. And this is as a Caribbean person growing up in America. Like my mom listened and, and found out about things like this. And she was like, oh my God, we have to do this. Like, it was a big deal. And to find out he did something like that, he was electrocuting them. My God, people. People can infiltrate any system is what I'm saying. Now, there's another video that I did not put in the uh, drive, but I'm going to post right now um, that I want to play. And this is the reason why I thought that it was so important. Uh, I'm going to add it right now. Um, I think was, I and the re Oh, did you? She's um, um, responding to something. It's a longer yeah, video. She is, yeah, she's uh, responding to a lot of the hate that she was getting. So... Um, that brown girl, um, you know, obviously received a lot of hate for that video where she was talking about the creator of Kwanzaa. And um, this is her response. Use your mic. 
So I'm the vice of concern information about how a black man who is celebrating the black community actually tortured two black women in his past. I'm divisive, not the black man who did that. He's not the one tarnishing the legacy I am. This is what I've been talking about. There's so much misogynoir in black culture, black history, that if we bring it up, we, we are seen as divisive. And we're the problem for bringing it up because we're tarnishing what it is to be black if we talk about the violence that happens to black women at the hands of the black community, at the hands of black men. This isn't saying you shouldn't celebrate the holiday if you want to, but people have a right to information and have a right to know who we're heralding as like the amazing black um, founder of this holiday, the, the truth behind him. Yeah, he served a measly ass four years in prison for it and then went on to get two PhDs, get academic recognition. One of his PhDs is in social ethics. This man tortured two black women and he got a PhD in social ethics. But he was convicted, he went to prison for it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, four years, then got parole. But let's let's talk about, like, restorative justice. Is he talking about violence against black women? Is he being honest about the violence that he did? Is he Does he have communal accountability and responsibility? Or did that shit get swept under the rug? And he's just being successful without actually talking about violence that was a black woman and misogynoir. And he's still um, allowed to teach classes. He's a head at a university currently as we speak. If, or African studies, I believe. Is he talking about the violence against black women? Is there any restorative justice? Or is he just being forgiven for his crimes because he created this great black culture holiday that apparently he stole from a black woman? There's one thing about me that anyone needs to know. I don't give a fuck about nobody who's committing violence against black women. I don't care. I don't care what you've done, who you are, what you do, what you... If you are committing violence against black women, you have committed violence against black women, and that's just not being called out, and it's being swept under the rug because respectability politics in the black community? Yeah, that's not my fucking calling. I could be... I'm divisive. You can call me Manny. You can call me whatever you fucking want to. But what I'm always going to do is talk about the violence that happens against black women and against black queer people because that shit gets swept under the rug. For, for fucking what? Or the whole of the black community because black before anything else? Yeah, we don't subscribe to that bullshit here. Uh, we're intersectional. So if you're black and you happen to be perpetuating misogynoir, homophobia, colorism, texturism, I'm calling your ass out. And I don't care who you are because um, we're not community together if you perpetuate those problematic ass white supremacist ass beliefs. So I'm divisive for sure. Period. Um, uh, at, that, uh, at that brown girl, okay. Um, let's get into some of these messages because <laughs> yeah, start from the bottom. I'm gonna let you choose. Okay. Well, one dark side about um the activism, especially doing like in the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King Jr. He slept around with they said over forty plus women, and he also slept with. They said that even when he died, that he slept with three women the night before he died. And then there's another guy named James Bevel. Well. He ended up molesting his one of his daughters, and he actually had uh, I forgot how many children he had. He had probably about ten children over the course of his um, while he was probably while he was still married, and he only had two children with his wife. Sid, where did you find that video of that uh, guy you talking about that started Kwanzaa that was doing all that stuff like? What site is that? Can you send me a link or tell me what it is? Um, that link Look. is actually going to be.
uh, the link is actually going to be posted in the Spotify. All of the links to everything that we do is always going to be posted to the Spotify. So just look for it later on today. Look, <clears throat> I wanted to do a show about this, about black cults, because that's something that we we try to pin on just white folks. But you know how much black cults? Like, Dr. York, to me, is the most astonishing. His whole thing to me, because people still follow Dr. York and his his teachings. But the man was despicable. Mm. Say it, girl, you is good. You don't have to explain. I I, honestly, (laughs) I am thankful for you. For um, opening eyes to that whole narrative, you know, and just being real about it. Because I I think it's hard to be real about that in our community um, because we don't have that much representation. We just have to cling on to anything that seems good, even if it's the lesser of two evils, quote unquote. Mm. You know, so I appreciate you. I appreciate you for um, bringing this this conversation to the forefront because we definitely need to have it. Thank you, Issa. <laughs> Isn't there a show on Black Colts on BT called uh, Ruthless or something like that? Oh, I didn't know. Somebody messaged me about that. I want to see. I have to check that out. Aaron, thank you. I really appreciate you. Um... Because I feel like this show is hitting a lot of things that I experienced this last few days. Um, And I definitely agree with the young lady in the video. Like, I don't give a fuck who is offended when it comes to black women, black trans women, black gay men, black children. I am not going to shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Period. And notice how we keep saying black queer people or black uh trans people black women black we keep saying black, black and this black and this because we experience both of these things it's intersectional is mm. at the same motherfucking time so no. when i say uh, but it's i've always wanted to know when we say things like that happens in the black community where did we get this rhetoric from that oh if you call black people out so that we can become better as a whole that that is a white supremacist ideology or you're trying just trying to uphold white supremacy white supremacy uh, i think that's patriarchy i think i it, am it, telling it, like think... me telling you that hey what you are doing actually came from white supremacy and you're saying that i'm the white supremacist and that i'm being divisive for saying the tactics and these hotel tactics that you're doing like it came from white supremacist ide- like ideas this I feel like what's going on is that we are really talking about white patriarchy with blackface on it. Mm. That's what really is going on. And the worst part is, is that so many cis black men are trying to adopt patriarchy. And it is so unnatural to us indigenously. It is so unnatural to us. And it only breeds oppression. And I feel like that's what they're defending. They're defending their own their own blackface version of patriarchy. Um, the last clip that I'm going to go ahead and, ha- ahead and have um, Aaron play is um, one of the reasons why I decided to do this uh, particular topic. It is scary how many people 
who are being put in a place of power in these very fucked up ideologies like Hotepism and Black Israelite and all of these different things. A lot of these leaders, you know what? We're just gonna listen to the video. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna listen to the video. Today's cult leader is Dwight Malachi York of the Nuevian Nation of Moors. York also referred to himself as the supreme being of this day and time, God in flesh. While he and his followers are best known for their activities in Eatonton, Georgia, their story actually begins in 1970s Brooklyn. York, a former innocent seller and convicted statutory rapist, began the Ansaru Allah community. He promoted Black empowerment and a mysticized version of Islam. It was also during this time that he claimed to be a prophet and a relative of the great prophet Muhammad. However, as his following grew, he decided that he was no longer a prophet, but instead was a god. He also began to reshape the group's belief system, censoring himself. Around this time, York also became more violent and predatory, as many cult leaders tend to do. Children in the community were allegedly separated from their parents, beaten with wire hangers, and starved by both York and his concubines. Apparently, York and his concubines also began grooming children. In 1993, the group moved to Eatonton, Georgia, possibly to escape fraud and robbery allegations. Their new compound was called Tama Ray and featured a 40-foot-tall sphinx and several pyramids. This video is part of a series, so follow for up and sign up for the Cult Community Newsletter linked in my bio. Wow. Listen, well, I know Issa's screaming right now, like, I told you about York. <laughs> yes. Yes, I found a video. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, th but that's why this is so scary. And this is, and that is why I made a point to bring things like this up because I don't want us to get sucked into these really fucked up ideologies looking for our community. It's not there. It's, it's really not there. But it's just another example of how people placed in power a lot of them are narcissists. Just gonna put it out there. And when you give narcissists power like this, this is how abuse is bred. Mm. Just what it is. I don't know where you want to start, child. I'm gonna let you yeah. <laughs> with the comments. Bottom. That York guy, he sounds similar to Elijah Muhammad, the one who became the well-known uh, leader of the Nation of Islam back in 1934. Because the original one, he actually disappeared and Elijah Muhammad just came out of nowhere and pretty much took over. It's a mystery of what happened to that uh, first guy because nobody knows what happened to him. Mm. Mm. That's scary. Uh, said you said that since black men are, are taking on patriarchy, um, in the United States is the question and then um, then so what what is our natural state if it's not patriarchy or a nuclear family when I think of patriarchy I think of more of a nuclear family so um what is what we I, I didn't understand your statement dude. no I, I I completely understand um and if you listen to past uh, podcasts, we kind of go through all over all of that. But what I'm talking about is that Africa was in, uh, indigenously a matriarchal society. 
it wasn't patriarchal. That was a, that is a European export. And, and if you look at nature, it is also a matriarchal society. Um, again, I, I never, I love watching bird documentaries because you see these male birds, these niggas is the most beautiful and they be busting it down for their hoes, trying to get, trying to make sure they can bring somebody good home, okay? So it is, even in nature, it is a matriarchal society that we have. And it's really sad that we have taken on this European export of it being this patriarchal, oh, it has to be a nuclear family. Like that's not how all families are. And it's like, if you were to actually see what Africa, like if you were to read what Africa was before colonization, it is completely opposite. They have erased us. They have erased, erased the fuck so out of us. Bro, oh my God, like, it makes me so crazy. Keep saying patriarchy, patriarchy was meant for cishet white men and a lot of black men are adopting this and it, as you can see this is why the black community is really getting more divided <laughs> and i don't even know if it's meant for them but they came up with that shit that wasn't us that i know for a fact i don't know what it was meant for but i know that it was their idea <laughs> i know that for a fact go ahead babe well, speaking on what you were talking about, um, about Africa being a matriarchal society, I did see a clip a few days ago about um, how the you know the Arab slave trade over in Eastern Africa that before they um, the Arabs came over there, it was matriarchal. Doctor Yurt looked like that man and go, whoa, no, <laughs> y'all know that song, <laughs> can't stop. No. Oh, okay. Let me not. But he, um, <laughs> he also had a music career. I, I feel like he was a narc. He was so into himself. Right. But that's that's. Mm. He just have a lot of a lot of his energy is what I'm seeing in black men, black cis hetero men today. Mm. And it's scary. Wow. It is very scary. You know how much men approach me with that little role trying to get me to be um a part of their little concubine? Hell no. That's role for me. <laughs> Not the I love Issa. That's my girl. I love Issa. <laughs> Yo. About um, power and narcissistic, that's, that's people. That's not new. People get power and they do, they do things they should not do most of the time. Power is overwhelming. Uh, power causes a lot of problems. It always has. So that's not new. But that's not just men. That's both. So that's a human being thing. We're talking about who's been placed in power. Women have not been placed in power. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me uh, uh, that the way it's set, up, it's set up, it's supposed to be woman first, then husband, then child? Oh, sorry. God, woman, husband, then child. That's the way it's supposed to be set up? That's what you're saying to me? That's what you're saying? No. What I'm saying is that patriarchy makes it so that you have to put someone first. Patriarchy, in your mind, you're like, so who's first? 
No, <laughs> no, boo. A matriarchal does a matriarchal society doesn't go ahead and state who's first. It's about who's capable, who can do what. It's got it's got nothing to do with that, and that's what the problem is. We patriarchy has us in such a chokehold that we don't know what's up or down anymore. You literally in your mind thinking to yourself, so you saying it means that women are supposed to be first? No, it's just supposed to be equal. Girl. Yeah, that show that the guy was talking about, Ruthless, uh, that's a Tyler Perry show that he created. I think it might be on BT Plus too, but I know they do some crazy stuff on there. No, I ain't got BET Plus. I ain't paying for that. And Tyler Perry gets on my nerves uh, anyway. He does, but I'm glad you brought something. I know I can find you on brokensilence.net. I know I can find an episode oh, yeah, or something can, on somewhere. I can, <laughs> look, I can very, it's given very much Put Locker, um, one, two, three movies, very much, um, you know, what's the other shit called? The websites. I want to keep <laughs> using them. Don't give out all the websites. I want to keep Oh, my bad. Them. All right. <laughs> FBI listening. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me see here what we got. Uh, oh, my thing's not uh, not uh, working. Go ahead and play the next message. I think we'll call it up because the rest is locked to other oh. topics. Okay, cool. All right. So that, again, I'm so glad that every for everybody's engagement with that topic. Um, it's one of those things that we need to really be able to really put in our eyesight so that we don't fall for the bullshit. We have people like York, we have people like the Hoteps, they picking up new people every day and they're indoctrinating them to things like this. Think of the power that they have and the damage that they can do. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's go ahead and uh, switch over to the next topic. <laughs> kind of relates to this so, one in a way. It, it really does. So um, I really, and this is something that I said that we were definitely going to go into a little bit later in the show, and I'm glad the time is here now. Um, I honestly, when I thought of this topic, I thought of Black progression in general and like where we were as a society. And I first want to go ahead and like as a community, I want to go ahead and highlight some of the good things that are happening first before I go in. So, um, first and foremost, I am so grateful that we are talking about mental health like it's so much more normalized. And I'm talking, this is in the last five years. Nigga, this is recent, recent as fuck. And I'm 35. I'm literally telling you just from the reactions that you would see online when people would go through things just from five years ago. And in ways we haven't moved, but the conversation has. And that's something I'm super grateful for. Next thing I'm grateful for. Mm. This is something that is sadly not as happening as often as it should, but it's happening more. I am seeing more moms born in 1960s and 1970s that are like, you're not going to talk about my queer child. I'll fuck you up today. Yo, they some ratchet bitches from Liberty City too. No, but uh, that's only because <laughs> I met one. My bad, my bad. I'm going to stop. But no, uh, but there are these women who are saying you will not take away anything from my child emotionally. You're not going to say mm. fucked up things to them. You're not going to put them in places where they're uncomfortable. You're not going to make them dress the way they don't want to dress. 
And I just want to say for those parents, I'm so grateful. Like my mother, born 1960. I'm so grateful for look, her. We both, you look, we're, we both had Jamaican parents. And it, <laughs> she's my, my, my mother has definitely come a long way once she found out. <laughs> Bruh. And let me tell you something. Still baby steps. Where my mom was in 2011 is not where the bed she was in 2021. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> But, but I'm seeing a change when my mom sat down and watched Pose with me and she cried when, um, I can't remember the name of it, Damon's character. I think his name was Damon. Damon's mm -hmm. character got thrown out and she was like, oh, for some magazines, Jesus, for some magazines. Like she, like my, like Joan Reed was up, sitting on that couch, upset, bring the tea. I'm upset. Like she was upset. And I'm not going to lie, seeing her do that really did something for my spirit. It really did. It meant that if I have a child um, who comes out absolutely normal, but different from so what society would want, my mother is going to be the one to be like, oh, I'll light some gasoline on this bitch right now. That's what I need. <laughs> Period. Honestly, that's 100% what I need. I just... um. I'm glad it's slowly but surely getting there. We still have um <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I'm looking at Sydney on the screen and she just made a funny face. <laughs> um anyways, it's slowly but surely getting there. I think, like I say all the time, as black people, part of decolonizing our minds also has to do with getting rid of the homophobia, transphobia. Homophobia and transphobia did come from white supremacy. You're not gonna tell me any different. We can look these things up. Um. yeah, that is a part of decolonizing our minds as well. I don't think we're going to get anywhere fully until we deal with the rampant homophobia. And I already know people are going to say, well, on, all races can be homophobic, so what's the problem? We're not going to all lives matter the situation and say, well, just because they're doing it, what's, we can do it. Be the bigger person. We, black folks, we have always been the bigger person. Do the work. Yes. No, and, and more than just do the work because, because okay, I want to say this. We don't have to be the bigger person. We got to stop being the bigger person um, because there are so many situations where we're the bigger person and we don't need to be. And if all black people decided we gonna be petty, we could change some things. I just want to put that out there. But secondly, I know, I know where Aaron is coming from when he's saying be the bigger person. What he means is, I know, don't put yourself in places of abuse or so on and so forth. But when you see someone being oppressed, actually acknowledge your privilege step in and do something as a cis woman do you i go hard for my black trans women that's what it is ain't no ifs ands or but that shit because i know i have a privilege i walk through this world and everybody's just like oh she's straight oh she's whatever i walk through the world looking very very fucking straight to people so that means i gotta bring the gay to them do you understand what I'm saying? I got to make sure you understand where my people lay. And there's not enough cis women who are willing to do that. There are cis women who feel the, the way I feel, but aren't willing to get passionate about it until they're with a homophobic person and they have a child and then they got to fight. Because mm, let me tell you something. Um, I hear it all the time. Like, oh, you, you must have a single parent or you, your, your dad must not be the breadwinner <laughs> or your mother must make the most money and that's why you gay and all these other things. I have two like heterosexual parents, Christian as hell, and my dad is the breadwinner. 
So uh, this whole, oh, if your dad is the breadwinner, then that's probably why, because you lean on to your mother, which makes you gay. That's the stupidest shit I ever heard. But if we're going to go off that, that's not true either. My, my dad is the breadwinner. I really want to know who said that. Like, I want to, <laughs> I want a name. No, I like you said that, and yo, my eyes like yo left my forehead. Like, what did you? Because the woman made more money, that's why you like dick. <laughs> Conspir- one thing about niggas, we gonna come up with some conspiracy theories. One thing about it. Yo, I'm telling you, when they said the Flint water was making people gay, when the hoteps came out with that one, I was so glad when there was somebody in the comments like, "Bitch, I remember that." I'm like, "I see, I know, I'm not alone." <laughs> I read that shit too, and I was like, "A what?" And like I said, and when you have, and, and those are really, really damaging. Those type of conspiracies because those people are having children, and those children end up being gay. Well, it ain't gonna now happen. What? It, it ain't gonna happen to me. I ain't gonna have no gay children because I'm a child of God, and like I believe in the <laughs> family, and I'm gonna put him in, in football, and he gonna play sports. And he gonna cut the, cut the grass, and we gonna shoot BB guns. Let me tell you something. My father did not think that he was the same. My parents were the same. They did not think that this would ever happen. Not in this household. It's the TV's fault. It's that. But we, as long as we keep doing this, and look where they at now. <laughs> Wondering where they went wrong. <laughs> Listen, I feel like one of the reasons why. We are so divided right now. Um, I really feel like, sadly, <laughs> I feel like we keep on coming back to it, but it really turns back into patriarchy and religion and the act of long suffering uh, and what Christianity has gave us, you know, obey your masters. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't do it to him, I, sis. Good. I'm sorry. I, try to bring... <laughs> I know. Listen, I only got 30 minutes left. I'm feeling wild, okay? So, uh, so but, but in all honesty, it really comes back to those being the dividing factors because um, even right now, it's something that I'm trying to come up with. I really want, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it this holiday, guys, but it's something I'm really trying to do. I want to organize a dinner for Black homeless queer youth who can't go home. I want to give them an amazing fucking Thanksgiving. I want to be their auntie for the day. I want to give them amazing food. I want to make my curry salmon. I want to make my mac and cheese. I want to make all of these amazing foods with so much love and let them know, even though you can't go home, you're loved here. There's a reason I have to do that. Yeah, like hell. I was, again, Sydney, you and I were both homeless. Like, I was... For different like, reasons. You were homeless reasons. literally for this. <laughs> yeah, I was literally homeless because they've. Um, my father felt like God told him that he had to kick his son out because of that. He didn't want no homosexual spirit in the house. <laughs> Yo, it's so stupid. They're so willing to go ahead and, like... like Shouldn't a religion be questioned when it can make you throw away your own family members? Well, no. y'all don't understand, like, God works in mysterious ways and he'll be there right on time. <laughs> Even though you're homeless and you ain't got no fucking where to go and no food on the table, just keep on living and he'll be there when... You can't tell him when to show up. Just suffer and just die, basically. And just be patient. <laughs> Not suffer and die, basically. Don't... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, one of the, but that's really what's where the problem I feel for us lies and why I feel like we are so divided. I'm very glad that we went through some of the good things that I believe that we're doing and that we're going to continue to do. And we are going to be the change that we want to see in the world and all of that good shit. But at the end of the day, we are so ridiculously divided and divided over things like nuclear family, not ours. Patriarchy, not ours. Homophobia, not ours. And the root of all Maybe these things, pattern? the root of all these things, white supremacy. Damn. They got us fucked up. Because I tell mm. you, I, I, I've like, I hear these conspiracy theories. The government is making black men gay. The government is trying to emasculate the black man to break up the black family. And the, being gay is a white thing and you must hang around wh white folks and that's why you're gay. It's like crazy to me. <laughs> the insanity is real. We're going to start with uh, Issa Reed. Oh, I love that for the both of you. I feel the same way. Like my mom... um got me a pride outfit and honestly as long as I've been queer I just felt like she just thought it was like a little phase or something so for her to buy me like a queer outfit I was like oh shoot you see me no do you know how much that matters and by the way it's three I love that for fucking you I don't even know if Joan Reed but you know what I probably could get Joan Reed to go to a pride uh, uh, parade only because she knows the shows are gonna be fly as fuck, especially if it's Black Pride in July. Because that's where I'm going. She will be there. Look, I told my mom. I said, I, Girl, "We I'm finna not... go. We finna go to Black Gay Pride." I don't look. You know how June? Yes, we can recognize June as Pride Month, but again, Pride yeah, Month is Pride Month is centered around the white gays. And again, as you know, Black queer folks do not get the privileges that they get, and do not associate us with them. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Wilton. Aaron, I've heard of some of the same things, too. A lot of guys, a lot of straight black men will say things like that. Like, you never had a father in the household. Or they'll say that you've been around too many women. Or you probably saw something on TV. Like some gay <laughs> men on TV. Or you probably saw gay porn or some stuff like that. Which is it's stupid. So is that why you got interested in pussy? Because you saw a pussy on TV? Because <laughs> if that's the case, me and, like I would be straight right now if if TV had to do what? with it. Because it's it's everywhere I fucking straight. go. And I'm and listen, I'm gonna go ahead and be a little honest right now because I'm old, right? So I was watching. I remember when I was watching Star Trek, and I'm talking the '70s Star Trek, and it was obviously reruns. And I saw Captain Uhura, and I was like, oh, oh, I like her. And I was like, yo, ma. <laughs> yo, when I say Joan Reed had no idea what to do with me, she was just like, you want something to eat? You hungry? Like, <laughs> That's like the go-to for like Caribbean parents. <laughs> what do you want to eat? Because they don't have anything else to say. You want something? No, when I say she had nothing to say, she was just like, you know, she, she is pretty. You hungry? I don't think you had lunch. Like breakfast was 20 minutes ago. It's like 11. But okay. <laughs> but um but I feel like that's also something good that we can talk about the fact that even our parents are are really starting to come around some of them not all there's still a lot of us that have to deal with so much but just for a second let's just give a moment to be like damn that feels good I think until um 
I think until black people as a whole do more research on Africa before colonization, African sexuality and African spirituality as well, because the gods they worship before Christianity was brought over there, the gods that they worship were androgynous. Mm. If anybody wants to go look at one of our episodes on Abatala, it's on the Spotify, y'all. But a lot of <laughs> just like, in case they, you didn't they, know. I was just gonna say that they until we just do more research on our history, because I'm talking about like 2400 BC, like ancient tombs of like same-sex lovers in Egypt, and everyone in Egypt was black. I'm not trying to hear this. So, well, white folks, everyone in Egypt was black. <laughs> Yo, but, but just so you know, but that's a lot of the reason why hoteps are hoteps because people want to deny them that fact. Honestly, let's be real. They want to say that people in Egypt are just all Arab now. And I'm like, that's not the way they looked when the pyramids were built. Love you. Just going to put that out there. It's Marcel, though. Hey, boo. Hey. Rice it. I'm over here like, what did you say? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Shout out to Eric and Sid. Y'all hit the nail on the head. I do feel like the homophobia is driving us apart. If there's any agenda, it's not to turn anybody gay. Um, it is to further separate us, and that's exactly what it's doing. Um, on this app alone, I've seen it. In our communities, I've seen it. The numbers don't lie, but we don't ever see, um, you know, the trans men and women who get beat, or really trans women who get beat to death and shot and stabbed out of nowhere. Uh, just because they are who they are, not because they dated and lied, you know what I'm saying? But look up the stories, man. These people just be walking down the street, minding their business, getting attacked in our own communities. But, you know, as y'all said before, everyone's screaming pro-blackness. And um, it's just very sad to see that that's still happening, that that shit prior to Stonewall riots and shit is still fucking happening to, and mm. it's happening by our hand, not the white man or anybody else. Yeah, I say it all the time. Like, Ooh. if you're if you're pro, yeah, like I say all the time, if your pro blackness does not include black LGBT folks, black women, black trans women, black disabled folks, then you're not pro black. You're pro black cishead black men. Absolutely, a hundred percent. See, to answer your answer, what you just said about shouldn't it question you throwing your family out? No, people follow religion blindly. People follow a lot of things blindly. If a lot of people that you're around, like your family and your whole environment, you do the same type of things. You'll do the exact same type of things that they did. Unfortunately, some people don't grow out of that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, um, this is a little off topic. We're not really. Sydney, I got to send you, um, if I can find it. I saw an article of, once again, another black trans woman got killed. She... Um, and she did disclose. She told her. She told the uh, the guy that, "Hey, I'm trans," and he was like, "Okay, that's cool." Sent sent him his her address, and he drove over there and shot her. <sighs> so this whole oh well, they want to get it, the only reason they die is because they keep tricking us. You even if they do disclose, damn if they do, damn if they don't. They're still dying. So let them go ahead and figure out how the best way that they can live and keep themselves safe. hundred like, I'm sorry. It's like, I'm confused. This whole disclose. Did this man disclose to his wife because he was married that she was about to go see this trans woman? Did y'all just, mm. no one disclosing shit. Dang. Ugh. Oof. Oof, child. Like, I can't, I, like, I really can't. So 
Can I ask a question? So do you feel like more black men are being more educated about um, the the gay and homosexual community now? Or do you think it's worse than it was 20, 30 years ago? Is it better now or is it worse? I would um, say it depends on the know, age group. Be, you know, mm. just to, to speak on the topic. Yeah, I would say um, mm. I've noticed, I would say it depends on the age mm. group. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I feel like there's more awareness of our existence, but I don't think we're getting killed any less. Mm. I'll be really honest with you because it's something that I am now knowing about more. Like, listen, my mom grew up in Jamaica. You don't think gay people were in Jamaica? They were just like, oh, no, she, him just really fit and pretty. Him just, they just say all kinds of shit to go ahead and be like, that's not what the case is, right? When my mom got to Miami in like 79 is when she was like walking down the streets in Miami and she saw somebody, she was like super tall, looking really beautiful. She was like staring. She was staring hard. And then the girl turns around and be like, what you looking at? And she's like, your makeup is really beautiful. And then my mom tells the story later that somebody told her in the bathroom, that's a man. And my mom was like, it didn't look like a man. <laughs> my, my mom is. She don't know that. <laughs> she just, it don't look like a man. It don't look like a man, you know. She, good makeup skills. So as far as she's concerned, like, and I see that my mom really, like, there's a lot of people, especially my mom's age group, that really had no idea, because no, I, no idea, because we were so good at hiding, because they were so good at killing us. Mm. That's the thing I had to remind uh, Black people because they're saying, oh my God, where are all these black gay men coming from? And it's the agenda to be masculine black. Black queer folks have always, we've been here for centuries. We're just, you're just now seeing more black queer folks come out. Like white folks, like we didn't have the same access like to come out like at the same time the white LGBT community did to move into these neighborhoods and have access to the resources. They had and, money. Like, they had money. They, they had money. <laughs> they had power. They had clout. They were white. You have to understand, like, all of the, like, like, how do I put this? Their whiteness superseded their gayness enough to be able to accumulate the wealth that they have. Does that make sense? As far as the community, as far as the LGBTQ community as a whole. So therefore, we got left in the background. There was no one supporting us. And this is why we have, like, Black Gay Pride, Black Pride and all these other things. And why we have the Earth is Ghetto Podcast. Period. Um, let's see what we got here. Wilton. Both y'all two need to have a show on Facebook or YouTube or something. We are going to listen, but this is the, but this, I feel like this is the issue. I don't want to stop doing stereo, but then to move all of our videos to YouTube, like, I feel like we'd still be able to like, obviously see your comments and stuff. But what I'm really trying to do is if we can get at least a hundred listeners on Spotify, I know that we at least have a hundred people on our YouTube. So that's what I'm waiting for to be able to start our YouTube and, and to be able to launch it. Once we have at least, um, we know we got a hundred listeners. I'm looking at my analytics every day, girl. Okay. So if, if I, once I see a hundred listeners, I know that once we start the podcast on the YouTube, we'll be able to successfully move over from stereo to YouTube um, without leaving anybody behind. Cause I don't want to leave y'all behind. And I don't know, you know, y'all still discovering stuff, you know? Period. We like to interact with y'all. 
We don't, for real. And I feel like even if we have the YouTube, we'd still be trying to figure out how to come to stereo occasionally and be like, hey, bitches, we ain't forget, you know? Uh, is it read? Y'all Jamaican too? Oh my God. Where have you been my whole life? I didn't know if both of y'all was Jamaican too. <laughs> my mom Jamaican too. <laughs> oh, yeah, girl. Oh, oh, just so you understand. Go on and pick up your naglas at Jenna Mango. Yo. I used to hear some shit when I was younger because for the longest time, I didn't know Pitney was not my name. Mm. I, 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 yo, she'd be like, God, and Pitney, 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 come here. And I, I was just like, so when she finally said my name, I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. It's um, terrible, child. We're going to have a whole show on like <laughs> that upbringing at some point. Yeah, I promise. Um, yeah, Issa. Um, I was born and raised in Jamaica. And then I moved to this country when I was like 12. Yeah, young. And I was born here and I actually have never been to Jamaica. My parents, my mom is from Jamaica. My dad is from the Bahamas. And um, because we were homeschooled, that's why I'm able to say what I say sometimes. <laughs> because, but that's just because like I literally experienced her like upfront personal 24-7. What it was. <laughs> um, Wilson. Aaron, what you said about researching Africa before colonization if you listen to hoteps, they'll say that we didn't even come from Africa. They'll say we came from, um, I don't even know where they say we came from. They make it seem like we basically were scattered throughout Africa. And then the Africans, they sold us because they knew that we were the real Jews and sold us. And that's why we're here. That's what they'll say. But they'll say we went, we didn't come from Africa. Oh, uh, I did hear something like that. Someone was like, um, he was like, if they, he was like, we don't count Africans as black or something or some dumb. I was like, well, the ghetto, it's going. Well, I don't know what's going on, but it was like we only care about a specific type of black, and because there's black folks everywhere, and they all don't have the same intention. I was like, Yo, but I'll... white supremacy. Let me tell you something, because white supremacy is so strong that we would say shit like that. I feel like the issue that I'm having is the fact that I'm now learning new conspiracy theories. Like I thought I knew them all. <laughs> I think that's the issue I'm having. It's a read. That's why I'm so fucking pissed. Okay, sorry y'all. Oh, hearing that story really pulled at my heartstrings. But that's why I don't. Mm, that's why I don't like black men with these conversations about mm. um justifying that shit. Because now it's literally becoming a cultural thing of black men killing black trans women. Oh, this shit. Oh, man. That, that, oh, God. And just like this situation, like most of the time, these men will approach them. Trans women just be minding their business, to be honest they have this rhetoric going on that they are just being tricked and then they go into a rage. But the actuality is that's not what's happening, guys. They're just dying for existing. I would never understand that. Cause like, that would be like, cause I went on a date, um, like last month, did not know that this was a trans man. And he, he told me later, like a few weeks later and nowhere in my mind did I say, I have to kill this person now. Oh my God. I really hate the fact that this has to be a, con a conversation, but I really love the fact that we can have it here.
because I do not go on stereo. I don't go anywhere and hear these conversations. Ever. It's not, no one cares about it. Like, it's. And, but I, but you know what? It's not no one cares about it. We care about it. We just don't have the power to do anything about it. Mm. And that's where it's fucked up. That's where we have like a fucking issue for real, for real. Um, well, I do want to say, so I do want to say first and foremost, I just want to thank everybody, yo, for coming through to this podcast. I feel like every time that me and Aaron come up here, we are able to explore new perspectives without judgment and we can still question it. And I really love this space that we have created. And it's not just me and Aaron, everybody that messages, everybody that um, actually interacts with us, this is your platform too. Period. Um, I wanna run through these last few messages before we close out. Yes, um, Tito, I didn't even know Tito was here. Hey Tito. Of course the earth is ghetto because every community is hella divided. Uh, we are more and more divided, especially, you know, as we, as a community, slowly make more progress we create a divide naturally just by the fact that some people have found a way to maneuver the system even though we don't want to be in the system, and that just creates a divide within itself. Uh, you know, for God forbid that I speak differently than you and then look slightly different than you, uh, that already is a divide, and then you have to bring that up to me. Well, not you specifically, but you know what I mean. And then add in the factors of um, now monetarily you're more bene- you're benefiting more, and I'm over here uh, struggling. That's another divide. Uh, so yeah, of course. And then <laughs> add in the good old factors of oh that shit's gay, and then now you must well divide everybody up. Uh, I mean mm-hmm. labels, all the other shit. We have plenty of divides here, ready to go. We can just get them right in order. Absolutely, we. We love calling th- get black folks. We love calling things gay and sus. I'm like, girl, okay. Ooh. I was just t- I was just told yeah. the other day, like, if you're I was just heard the other day, like, if you're black and gay, then then you're a part of the community, but you're not a part of the black culture. I said, girl, and you wonder where the division comes from. Moving on. Child, I don't know if y'all saw that movie called Passing, where you know this light skinned woman um, had a friend who was trying to pass to be white. <laughs> And people say there are no similarities between the two and how we we how we treating people because of their sexuality. Same thing. They have to hide among mm. society, assimilate. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think people understand that this is not something new. I'm tired of this generation, this and this generation that. Like, no. Gayness has been around, bro. LGBTQ has been around. So, you know, I mean I, to want someone to continually hide who they are to make you comfortable is so strange to me. Where did that entitlement come from, you know? White patriarchy. Period. The hotels will say that we're actually from America and that I don't know where they get that from because somebody was on the ship, so I don't know who they thought was on those ships. And they'll say that <laughs> Native Americans and Hispanics and us as uh, people that that uh, black people that were scattered throughout the world, we all supposed to be the real Jews, and we all supposed to go back to I guess Jerusalem and reclaim our land or some mess like that. That's basically the gist of it. We're supposed to follow the commandments. Yeah, yeah. 
And I want black people to understand you can be black and atheist. Not all black people are Christian or religious or Jewish or whatever. Atheist, voodoo, satanic temple. We had an episode about it. We <laughs> we, <laughs> we we may have to find that episode again to load it to the Spotify. That shit was yeah. fire. <laughs> I think the reason why a lot of guys what seem to be black guys that kill trans men, trans men, is because they probably fear something about their sexuality. They feel like it's getting threatened, and they feel like in order to get rid of, they, I guess, to them in their mind, that means to pretty much kill the trans person or somebody gay. That's that's what it seems like. Just a whole bunch of insecurities and some craziness in their minds. Yeah, it's um, I say it all the time, um, because. If you're straight and you date a trans woman, that doesn't make you gay. She's a woman. Because I guarantee you, because I'm I'm queer. So if I date a trans man, since we like to reduce everything to genitalia, does that mean that I'm straight all of a sudden? Because this is a trans man, woman to man. And we're focusing on genitalia, right? I guarantee you, they're, now you're still a fag. But so, okay, if that's the case, <laughs> then why we, you know, it's a double standard. Constantly. I'm still wondering, and I guess hoping... But more wondering, where exactly are the safe spaces for trans uh, women? Trans men usually uh, have their own issues, but trans women, especially of color, wh where where is their safe space? Because it's not with it's not with gay it's not gay black men at all. It's not with mm. straight black men at all. Mm. Oh. It sure as hell ain't safe with white people. So. Why, why I speak so candidly, I don't know, but whatever. So, where exactly is their safe space? Because is it slightly with black women? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking this question because I don't know. Because you need some sort of safe space. Because so, because to be insular like that is is jarring. It's tough. But then you know, of course, you keep to yourself. Hopefully, you have a good time. Hopefully, you have a safe life. But where where is a space that you feel comfortable? What's going on to the panel? All about you coming through. The answer to this question is yes. Yes. And it's becoming more and more divided. I'm going to be specific. It's divided in mentality, mindset, philosophies. That's where the division is. And um, some people may think this is a bad thing. But anyway, at the end of the day, yeah. As a collective, the community has been divided, man, for definitely over 50 years. That's the reason why you can't get uh, people to come together on a common goal. So, yes, it's divided. And it's a mental thing. The division is in philosophies and people's beliefs. Oh, my God. Was you going to say something? You're muted. I was going to say that coloniz uh, that um, Africa, black people have been divided since colonization came to Africa. Mm. Shit, where did her message go? Oh my god! <laughs> ah, not, not disappear. Why they go away? That's so ghetto. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, Isari. Yes, Aaron. Get him. Yes. Yes. Oh, I think that's early yes. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. <sighs> but that's. Yeah, that's early. Thank you, Issa. Yeah, that's early. Dang, it is really. It really is gone. My bad. 
But um, I do, I will say this. Um, uh, thank you so much for the engagement. Thank you so much for all of the messages. Um, sadly, we both got to get out of here because we got jobs and shit. Listen, when this gets bigger, we can spend more time then. Okay. Uh, listen, when this, when I ain't got to go ahead and work this life for crying, okay, then I, then I promise I'm all yours. Okay, okay. look, if we, okay. if we can make a cute coin off of this, then we ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> listen, you know how much content I will have time to put out, nigga? Stop. But um, I do want to, again, thank everybody for so much of the engagement. Um, I thank um, the gods every day for the platform um, that my ancestors have been able to give me to you and me to everybody else because we're ready. Aaron is ready. I am ready to continually bring these type of topics to you because it's something that you don't hear and you're not going to hear anywhere else, very sadly. Period. And for those of you who do not know, I'm assuming most of you, um, I am non-binary. My pronouns are they, them. Just recently want to put that out there. Also, and you can follow me. (laughs) You can follow me in Sydney. This is the Earth is Ghetto podcast. You can follow me in Sydney on Instagram, which is in our bio. And you can follow the Earth is Ghetto Instagram page. Earth underscore is underscore ghetto underscore. Same for our TikTok as well. Earth is Ghetto podcast is now on Spotify. We are working soon to hopefully put it on Apple Podcasts as well, girl. That's going to be a, a journey. But um, yeah, hoes, we do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we will see you hoes Wednesday. Yes, indeed. This is the Earth is Ghetto Podcast. Remember, being queer is African, and we will see you in the next one. Bye, hoes. Bye, bitches.